Amen. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. We are still on our series of building a home. Matter of fact, this is probably going to be the last, uh, last time that you'll see the little building up here. So if you want to take pictures, you need to go ahead and get them today uh, because it'll be gone uh, after, after this, this morning. Uh, next Sunday won't be up here. I think I've got one more message uh, that I want to sort of wrap everything up, but we won't, have the, we won't have the little house up here. We've been constructing a little house, about building a house. We've been using this as an example, sort of an illustration for us of how we build uh, a, a temple or a dwelling in order for the presence of God to abide in our house. We've been using this as an illustration, but this is not what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about this house. Everybody follows me, right? We're talking about this temple for the presence of the Lord to show up and to reside and to live in this temple. Over the last several weeks, matter of fact, we've been talking about that. Uh, and when we follow his blueprint and construct his house his way, there's the key. When we construct his house his way, not our way, not according to our blueprints, but according to his blueprints. When all of those things uh, that, we, that we follow those, those blueprints of his, then he moves in. He moves in. And uh, we have learned that, uh, that he has a big, big house. He's got lots and lots of room for every one of us. Amen? He's preparing that place. And so we've also talked about that we, uh, we have to learn that, uh, that we have house rules. And one of those house rules is authority. Uh, authority of God's word that we have to look at. We have to look at the authority of the conscience that God has given us. We have to look at delegated authority that we've talked about that over the last several weeks. We also found out that we have to learn to live by house manners. That there's certain ways that we have to do things. We have to, we have to learn regard and we have to learn respect. We have to learn resolve and we have to learn to restore those, those individuals and those things into our life and, and let forgiveness be, be priority in our life. Can I tell you, this is, this is not in my notes here today, church, but let me just tell you this. If you have some unresolved forgiveness in your life, you really do need to get rid of it. You need to take care of it because that unforgiveness will be the, will be the stopping place, if you're not careful, from finishing your dwelling place. God can't go past that. You, you have to forgive those things. Some of those things that we're dealing with is, is years and years and bygone stuff. Can I tell you this morning, let go of it. Let go of it. Now say, Pastor, you don't understand what, what so-and-so done to me. I don't have to. Just let go of it. It's not bothering them. It's bothering you. You don't see them being eat up with it. It's you that's being eat up with it. Let the forgiveness and all those things take place. And we've got to learn that we have to regard and respect and resolve and restore. Is it easy to forgive, Pastor? No. But it's possible. It's not easy, but it's possible. And so we've got to furnish his house. We, in, in furnishing his house, we learned a few weeks ago that we, we have to put a bed, which simply means to learn to rest. We have to commune and we have to trust him again. And we have to, we have to bathe ourselves in daily, uh, daily, daily, daily in the light of his word. To keep consistent in the light of his word. It's absolutely essential that we find our assigned place in the Lord. That we're not just somewhere out there just, just floating by, so to speak. We're not out there somewhere just, just by blowing around by every wind of doctrine. Because how many knows there's winds of doctrines that have come our way every day. And it'll take us and the enemy will start putting these thoughts in our mind. 
The enemy will start telling us things, Sister Marilyn, like we just talked about a while ago, that of things that we don't need to listen to about how no good that we are, and we're not good enough for the Lord, and we're not good enough for the love of Jesus, and we're not good enough for the blood that he shed on the cross of Calvary. But he's still a liar. Amen. He lies, and you need to listen to the Lord. Hallelujah. And so we've got to make sure that we consider the condition of his house rather than putting all of our attention on us. And when we get our priorities right, we get things set up the way that they need to, then we'll see the glory. I I love to see the glory of God. I love to experience services like we've had already this morning where God just, just moves into the place. Now, can I be honest with you a little bit as a pastor? I was a little sort of down a little bit this morning because I knew how many people was going to be out today. As a pastor, you get that way sometimes. You want everybody to be here all at the same time because the more people you got, the more energy and the more excitement and enthusiasm. And I knew everybody, you know, a lot of folks is going to be gone, but you're not gone this morning. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you're here today. But it changed all of a sudden when the presence showed up. Now I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, if it was just me and, 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 and you and, and all those you here and, and God doesn't show up, then it's just, you know, we just had a good time. You know what I'm talking about? But when the presence of God shows up, man, it changes everything. I mean, it gives you a whole new perspective on things. And so we give God praise for showing up in the house today. Maybe he did that just because of me. I don't know. But if he did, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. And so we've got to get our priorities right. And we've been talking about uh, how to get God in the house. And so this morning, we want to look at what happens that once he's here. Now, we've been talking all these last several weeks about what to do to get him here. So what do you do when he's here? What, What happens when the presence of the Lord is here? Uh, what we'll, we will see, we'll, we'll see happen, and what, and what should we expect, in other words, when he makes a house call. So look with me, if you will, in Mark chapter 2, verse number 1. We'll read the first five verses in, in Mark. Can, can I get a little, just a little more monitor here, uh, Brother Kyle? <clears throat> Mark chapter 2. And again he entered into Capernaum's after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. Now I want you to notice that scripture. He entered Capernaum after some days, and it was noise. Everybody say noised. It was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the, for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now if you want to turn over to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verse 38. Mark 5, verse 38. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion. With people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and he said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kaum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. 
Immediately, the little girl stood up and walked around. She was around 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. Now turn on over to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 10. I'm going to give you three different scenarios this morning, three stories. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. It will not be taken from her. Now, if we're serious about constructing a house that God is going to live in, one of the things that we must consider is what will happen when he decides to move in. Understand that we've talked earlier about just because we build a house, he's not obligated to move in if we've not constructed it by his blueprints. He's not obligated to come and reside in our place if we're not, if we're not building and if, and if we have not built the house concerning and, and according to his, his situations and his plans. But what, 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 what is going to happen if we construct those things and, uh, you know, and if God decides to move in? Well, one of the things that we've got to consider is that when he moves in, we've got to prepare for his coming to stay with us. Understand, we don't want God to come and visit We want to create a habitation for God. We want to create a place where God can come and dwell in this temple, in this place. I don't want God to come and just visit me for a day or so and then leave. Amen? I want Him to come and stay. I want Him to come and abide. I want Him to come and and set up housekeeping, if you will, in our place. And so we need to know that if God moves in, now here's the key. If you don't don't learn nothing else today, then get this. If God moves in, we've got to know that certain things will happen. And they're good. But when he comes in, there's certain things that's going to take place. And let's talk about these visits here. In all three of these accounts that, uh, that, that, uh, that we read about concerning Jesus and how he made a house call, we've got to decide whether or not that we can handle the results of his presence. Now, how many knows that when Jesus shows up, things begin to happen? When Jesus shows up, there's all kinds of things that will take place. There's some changing that has to go on. And so there's times that we have to decide whether or not we can handle that visitation of the Lord or that habitation of the Lord. The first thing I want you to notice in the the first account of the story that we read is that when Jesus shows up, he fills the house. He fills the house. In this first account, when God moves in, space moves out. Space, empty space I'm talking about, moves out. If you need your space this morning, you might not want God to move in because you're not going to have any space anymore. If God moves in, He's going to take up your space. Amen? If you need personal space, go to a church where God hasn't showed up in years and you'll find your space. God will fill the house if you allow Him to fill the house. 
in all of our efforts to fill up the house, we, we will fail. No gimmick will do it. No program will do it. Oh, if we could just, if we could just do this, people would just, just swarm to our church. If we could just do this event, I mean, they'll come by the hundreds and hundreds. There's no kind of advertising, no kind of slick advertising that's going to fill the house. We'll utilize programs. We'll look at advertising, and we do all of those things. But the only one thing that will fill the house with people and power and presence is the Lord God Almighty because when he comes in the house everything changes he fills up the house you want to fill your church up get Jesus in there you want to fill your heart up get the Lord to take residence in your heart you want to cause things out of the supernatural to take place get the Lord's presence to show up in your house amen see our talents our reputation I don't care what it is nothing will fill the house Jesus alone will fill the house amen And so we understand when he comes, he fills the house. Number two is this. When he shows up, he creates noise in the house. Everybody say noise. He creates noise in the house. It never ceases to amaze me when God's presence, and he done it this morning. Never ceases to amaze me when God's presence shows up, people begin to respond. There's a noise that happens. I'm not talking about an unruly noise. I'm talking about a heavenly noise, a, a holy presence noise, what I'm talking about. People, you know, when you stand before the Lord, you know, I used to think, Lord, if I could just see you and stand before you, I would do this and I would do that and I would do that. I really don't know what I would do. Because when we stand before the Lord's presence, there's many times in the scriptures that we read that people couldn't stand in his presence. They had to bow in his presence. They fell in his presence. They begin to moan and groan in his presence. Demons begin to cry out in the Lord's presence. Because when God moves in the house, there's a noise he creates. (laughs) Jesus creates noise. Amen. If you want a quiet church, if you want a containable church, or a neat, packaged, and dull, and and predictable, don't bother me, no volume house, then Jesus can't be on the invitation list. Because everywhere he goes, he's going to create a noise. Everywhere he goes, there's a commotion. Everywhere he goes, the volume gets raised. Everywhere he goes, you can't tame the Lord. We can't even even house train the Lord. We want to ask him in and then control what he does. It's out of the question. We want to run his house many times like our house. When we invite somebody over, in other words, to visit, we'll we'll take time to vacuum him. And we'll take time to clean the dust off of everything and, and put everything everything in its place but when Jesus shows up he specializes in disrupting everything he specializes our preconceived notions and ideas about him and how he's supposed to be he simply takes delight it seems like many times in destroying the boxes that we call our homes he refuses to be trapped in by what the bulletin says is going to happen I mean we've got a program but look when Jesus show up the program is out the window we have a schedule that we got to keep but when Jesus shows up understand the program is out the window we have an agenda that we want to follow but when Jesus shows up that agenda is out the window why because we want the Lord to come and dwell in this house and when he shows up whatever he says to do that's what we're going to do not going to get in the way of the Lord not going to get in the way of God's presence And I pray that you pray for me as your pastor that I will never stand in front of the Lord when he decides to move. Oh, yeah, we'll have an agenda. We'll have these things that we've got to do. But I want to tell you something, Sister Melissa, when the Lord comes up, I don't want to get get rid of my agenda. Let's get the Lord's agenda on schedule. Amen. Hallelujah. 
you got to be careful because you've heard this old saying, if you want it your way, go to Burger King. Well, that's not, you can't do that with the Lord. <laughs> You're not going to have it your way. His presence is going to show up and take care of things. and You just follow his presence. So he creates a noise in the house. One of the other things that he does when he shows up is that he attracts sick folks. He attracts sick. Look at your neighbor and say, are you sick this morning? <laughs> are you sick? What that means is, is that if you're looking for a church full of perfect people, if you're looking for a church that has no blemishes, no hang-ups, no faults, no sin, no problems, no addictions, no issues to go to church with, I'm talking about people, then you may want to go somebody somewhere else. Because how many knows that, that we, and I'm including myself, we got hang-ups. We have issues. We have things that bother us from time to time. We need fixing every now and then. We get broke from time to time. We stump our toes spiritually every now and then. We hit our head every now and then on something. We mess up royally as God's people. You're looking at a guy right here that's not perfect. Karen, don't say amen. I know that. I'm not perfect. But I'm looking at some folks that ain't perfect either. Somebody said something earlier about that. We don't deserve the blessings of Almighty God. You're right, we don't. But because of His mercy and because of His love and because of the blood that He shed on Calvary, I deserve it this morning simply because He saw worth in me. He saw worth in you this morning. Amen. We don't deserve nothing that the Lord gives us, but He loves us anyway and He chooses to bless His people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give Him praise this morning. Once Jesus is in the house, sick folks will flock to find him. Now, now we're looking at this scripture in the, in the, in the area of, of somebody being sick with a palsy. But I'll tell you, the day and time that we live in today, we got a lot of sick folk in the world today. They may not come to church with a, with a high fever or a stomach problem or a mental problem. I'm telling you, they're coming with all kinds of issues today in the church world. I could give you a list of all kinds of things that I've dealt with this past week. And for some of you, it scare you to death. I'm talking about issues, major issues that people are going through today. That's the sick that the church, that the, that the scripture is talking about. And when Jesus shows up, he attracts those kind of people. So if you expect to come to a church this morning as your pastor, let me just, let me just warn you. If you expect to come to a church this morning where everybody is all right, and nobody ain't got no problem. And you're just, everything is just smooth sailing down the road. You better, you better find somewhere else to go. Because we got issues. We need to get a t-shirt made up. Sister Diane said, we got issues. We could probably sell a bunch of them in the gift shop. Every one of us. Every one of us can go buy it. Because we do. We have issues. And so... The church is full of sick people. Once Jesus is in the house, sick folks will be attracted to him. Jesus is in the area of harlots and drunkards and leopards and handicapped, broken people flock to be flock to where he was. So unless you're ready to rub shoulders with some sick folk, you better keep Jesus out of your house. The one promise to that is when Jesus is here, he will attract sick folk, but they won't leave sick. They'll leave whole, they'll leave delivered, and they'll leave set free this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
He attracts sick folks. Thank you very much. He just did it. <laughs> he just did it. You just, you just shared it, Brandy. Thank you. The other thing the Lord does when he shows up. Now, this is not going to set, set well with some of us. But he pushes aside religious folks. He gets religious folks out of the way. I might as well break it to you this morning that when Jesus shows up, religious folks will complain. <laughs> when sick folks get first dibs on treatment, religious folks will complain. Pastor didn't call me. I, 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 would, I, I had the stomach bug a few weeks ago. And he didn't call and pray for me, but sister so-and-so over there, she, she just started to our church and she's sick. She don't give as much as I give. She don't come down to the altar as much as I come down to the altar. But he spent time with her. He spent time with him. I don't like him no more. We need, we need to get a new pastor so he can, you know, start sharing with everybody. Religious folk... Religious folk will be pushed aside, okay? When Jesus makes a house call, when he makes a house call, he will not allow people who distract or who doubt to stick around. Now listen to me, church. I know this is a little teaching this morning. Jesus will live in a spirit and an atmosphere of expectation and belief, not unbelief. You remember the story in the Bible where Jesus went to his hometown, but he couldn't do any miracles there. Because of, his of their unbelief. These were people that Jesus knew. These were people, Sister Sue, that, that grew up with the Lord. These were people that knew him very well. I mean, isn't this, isn't this Mary's son? Isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't, isn't this the guy that grew up among us? He couldn't do any miracles there. This is, my, this is not in my notes, but let me just help us a little bit as far as church folk that come here week in and week out. Sometimes we get so comfortable with one another. We get comfortable with the music. We get comfortable with the preaching that if we're not careful, nothing can happen. That we, we'll, get, we'll get to thinking, Sister Lawson, that, that there's nothing exciting happening in church anymore. There's no miracles taking place in church no more. And it's not that, there's, that God is not moving. We're just so comfortable with everything going on. Look, don't get comfortable where you're sitting. Matter of fact, my prayer is to make you a little uneasy. My prayer is, is I, I do step on your toes every now and then. My prayer is I do hit you between the eyes every now and then with the Word of God. Not with just me, but with the Word of God. If I do it, slap me back. But if the Lord does it, you better listen. Hello or oh me, amen, whatever. It's the truth. And so we'll push out. He'll push out those religious folks. He'll remove them quickly. Don't be surprised if religious folks come and go. Hello? 
Don't be surprised if religious folks come and go. Don't be surprised if doubters are silenced and move and remove quickly. Jesus will push these folks out because he's looking for a place. He's looking for a dwelling place where there's not any unbelief, but there is belief. He's looking for a dwelling place that we can live in harmony with one another. He's looking for a dwelling place where his spirit can come and dwell. He's looking for a dwelling place where miracles can take place. He's looking for a dwelling place where the power of God is free to move. He's looking for a dwelling place that when he decides to show up on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or a Wednesday night or whenever we come together, he is free to do so. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Lord, have your way this morning. Have your way. But not only that, very quickly, when he comes in, he produces life. When he comes in, he produces life. Jesus never conducted a funeral. You ever notice that? He went to a few, but he never conducted a funeral. Matter of fact, Jesus had a habit of breaking up funerals. He had a habit of raising the dead. Hallelujah. He had a habit of, 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 of turning a funeral into a party. When Jesus is in the house, we will know it's because life has been produced. Hallelujah. He went into that one house and what's all the commotion about? What's all the fuss about? She ain't, she's not dead. She's only asleep. The Bible said they laughed at him. But how many knows he still has power to raise the dead? Now look, now look. a lot of times we think of the dead as somebody being in a coffin. But look, there's a lot of folks that attend church week in and week out that are dead in their spirit. They have no life. But when Jesus is allowed to show up, that can be turned around and life can be produced. Life can be given. There can be excitement. There can be an enthusiasm of living for the Lord. Amen. Dead marriages exposed to Jesus will live again. Lifeless life will come back to life. And if you can come into this place dead and leave dead, then we know that the Lord is not here. But if you can come into this place dead and leave alive and resurrected, we know that the presence of God can abide in this place and is abiding in this place today. So we know the Lord produces life. Barren lives will flourish. What's going to happen, Pastor, when he moves in? One of the other things that will happen is that he reveals priorities. He reveals priorities. A little story I read to you in Luke about Mary and Martha's house. When Jesus showed up, teaches us that Jesus' priority needs to be our priority. Every, every week that Jesus is in the house should be a week that you and I are forced to decide what is really important in our life. Every week. Every time we gather together in the presence of the Lord, everything in our life that is out of line and is out of order should be exposed and corrected. Now, now listen, I'm, as a pastor, I, I'm, I'm not going to stand up here and, and probably call you out and I'll just use Karen, I'll pick on Karen and call Karen out and say, You're, you need to change this, change that, change that, or change this. Number one, if I did, I'd be divorced next week. I don't want divorce. I love the little girl. But you understand what I'm saying about talking about. But but in, in our spirit realm, when we come together, those things need to be exposed. Those need, things need to be taken care of. Amen. Because they have they have a hold on, on many of us at times. And the enemy wants to keep that clutch strong and keep that clutch tight on us. But look, we need to look to the Father because He is the source of our help. He is the source of our healing. He is the source that can deliver us and set us free from any of those things. 
And when we come together, he reveals those priorities, all those things that are out of line, out of out of order, needs to be exposed. They're corrected because when the Lord is in the house, you and I are forced to find the one thing that is needed and everything else becomes unimportant. Everything else becomes optional because the Lord's priorities needs to be our priority. We should not be shocked to find that in the house of our hidden agendas, of our sins, of our issues, of our priorities those things are exposed every week because Jesus always pulls back the cover on those things so that we can find a healing and we can find a correction I love it when people stop me after service and say brother Danny was you did you live with me this week because you read my mail it ain't me reading your mail it's the Lord reading your mail understand that's not me it's the Lord reading your mail And he's trying to expose those things so that your life can be better. Church, you do understand that all that Jesus wants is your life better and a relationship with you. That's what he wants. That's that's what the struggle is in this world day in and day out because the enemy wants to destroy you. He don't want you to have life and have it more abundantly. He 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 don't want you to live, Brother Sam. He wants you to die. He don't, want, he don't want happiness and peace in your house. He wants destruction and chaos in your house. Quit blaming everybody for the enemy's problem. Quit blaming the church because the enemy showed up at your house and you're allowing him to wreak havoc in your house. Get rid of him. The Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Take authority over him. You may feel like that you're the weakest Christian in the house. And if you do, that's all right because you still have more power over the enemy. Take your authority. Take your place in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus will reveal those priorities and he'll produce life if if you'll let him produce that life in you. And then last but not least, when Jesus shows up, he will produce Worship in the house. And boy, I love worship. I love it when God's people come together. I love it when worship, spontaneous worship takes place. Now I know we get, we get, a, little, we get a little stale at times and, and, the, and the song leader or the pastor have to, has to remind us, come on, y'all, lift up your hands and say amen. Come on, everybody, clap your hands unto the Lord. You know, we've been doing this church thing a long time, so Sister Jeanette, you know, we, we know how to do church. Okay, now, now, now nobody don't, don't go out of here and say something I didn't say. I'm not trying to manipulate you, okay? But there's times we get, we get sort of stag, stagnant. We get, we get a little complacent. We have to be reminded a little bit. Come on, put your hands before the Lord. Look, God can't, he can't, he can't show up your house if you're just going to stand there and, and be, do nothing. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready, Lord. Come on, Lord. I'm ready, Lord. And so Jesus, he can show up at your house, but you've got to open the door. You've got to open the door in his house. You've got to open that door and allow him to come in. He produces a worship. When Jesus is in the house, I promise you, there will be worship in the house. There will be worship in the house. Let's get on down to where us Pentecostal folk is. We love the music. I mean, we love it when Sister Michelle or Sister Kristen comes over here and they start, they start banging on. Ooh. 
I'm not a piano player. I didn't know it was on. But anyway, maybe the Lord will give a miracle in the house. <laughs> but we love it when they come together and they start playing and the singing starts. I mean, you know, we love hearing that because, boy, it really motivates us and charges us. But can I tell you, if they're not here, that shouldn't hinder our worship. Music is important. Music is needed. And I want music. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to come on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and we don't have music. We, we need the music. But that's not what's important in the area when it comes to worship. It helps and it's a tool that we use. But when Jesus shows up, worship will be in the house. And when he shows up, you and I will not be able to contain our worship. We won't be able to stop our worship. We won't be able to refuse our worship. We know about the habitat that we, that we see on television a lot of times, the habitat for humanity. But the Word declares that there is a key element to a habitat of divinity, for that is worship in itself. And we want the divine spirit and the nature of Almighty God to be in our house every time we come together when God's people unite and begin to worship together, his presence shows up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Musicians come, Will, if you will. He inhabits the praise of his people. This house is, will be, and must be filled with worship and praise if we long for him to stay here. Here's the thing, church. An absence of worship means an absence of Jesus. An absence of worship equals an absence of the Lord. A guy by the name of Justin Cornwell in a study on worship said something interesting took place during Old Testament days. This is what he said. He said, when the aroma of the incense that signified worship burned in the temple and it mixed with the aroma of the oil used to anoint the priest, the goats that were present would have an allergic reaction to the combination and, and would begin to choke and cough and wheeze, he said. He also mentioned that the sheep had no allergic reaction to this smell. Interesting, isn't it? question I have for us today is what is your reaction to worship? When the aroma of the oils and the aroma of the anointing and all of those things took place in the incense, the goats would choke. But to the sheep, would have no effect. You sitting under the sound of my voice today, you're all sheep. I hope and pray we ain't got no goats this morning. We got some sheep that enjoys the worship of Almighty God. I don't know about you, but I want God, I want the Lord, I want the Holy Spirit to every time we come together to make a house call here. I want Him to live here. Amen? Fill this place with His presence. Fill this place with his noise. Fill this place with sick folk. Fill this place of, 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 of life. Get rid of the religious folk. Bring on the worship. Get our priorities right. And when our priorities are right, church, he will move in. Hallelujah. And that's what we're looking for. Would you bow your heads this morning? Two things I want you to consider as we pray. We need to examine our heart. And we need to ask the question, do we really... Want him to live here. Are we willing to play the, pay the price? As they play softly this morning. Are we willing to give him an invitation to move in? If it simply means his will or your will 
has to get out of the way so that his will can show up. See, that's where, that's where it's all about. His will has to be there. And if his will is going to stay, our will has to go. If it means our space is going to be invaded because of the Lord's presence, do we still want him to come? If it means that you'll rub shoulders with some that you may not see eye to eye with, do we still want him to come? You need to listen to me, church. This is, this is very, very important as far as our relationship with the Lord and as far as his presence. Because, see, some of these things that we've been putting off, we got to deal with. Some of these things that we've been dealing with in our hearts, we've got to deal with in order for God's presence to abide and to show up in our midst. Father, I want to thank you this morning. I want to thank you, oh God, for helping us, oh Lord. I want to thank you, oh God, for giving us your spirit today. I want to thank you, blessed Jesus, for helping us to see some things concerning house calls and what will happen if you show up. We want you to be here with us today. We want your presence to be with us. We want your anointing to abide with us today as your sheep. God, we want to come before you in spirit and in truth today. If there's anything in our heart, if there's anything in my life today, oh God, if there's anything in my life, oh God, that we need to get rid of, then help us, oh God, to get rid of it as we stand before you. Help us to stand pure and holy, contrite before you.